0: So yeah, make sure you guys get signed up. If you don't know what Small Group Night Out is or Snow, it's Small Group Night Out, S-N-O. Snow is actually the first compact disc I ever bought. Some of you are like, excuse me? You know Snow, the great white Canadian rapper that brought us Informer? Some people know. The rest of you, just don't waste your time. Uh, so, have you ever um, wanted to uh, blow something up? Yeah. So, um, watching, imp- watching implosions is, um, it, well, it's just greatly satisfying, and then it's hilarious if they don't go so well. So, check out these um, failed implosions from this great uh, competition. talk about some implosions. Uh, we are in Mark chapter 2. Um, actually, Mark chapter 3, we are moving along at a rapid pace. Those of you who uh, were here last week, we had an awesome time. Uh, we got mostly um, stayed on the right side of Rowdy. We only had um, two, two bad needs for ice. No no concussions or traumatic brain injuries? Where's, my, where's the man who broke his nose? Yeah, you okay? It, it sounds a lot better if you just say, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I broke my nose. Um, so uh, we are in Mark chapter 3. Hopefully you are all there. If you guys weren't here last week, you missed out uh, and you'd be like, hopefully we'll play that game again. So we are in Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 22. We're going to go 22 through 4, 9. And the scribes who came from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. So if you remember back two weeks ago, we ended with verse 21, and this claim that Jesus is out of his mind. And so he goes right into this this next uh, portion, where they are claiming that he is demon-possessed. And it's interesting because... uh, they say, well, he's casting out demons because he's Satan. And Jesus goes into this interesting parable, and parables are um, like the anecdotes that your parents or your teachers try to tell you, and you look at them like, what are you talking about? Like when Paul tells a story, and you're like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you know, it's kind of like um, if you... uh, lay your clothes out the night before, um, then you won't have to take a shower in the morning. You're like, I'm so confused. That's a little bit like what a parable is, um, except completely different. Does that make sense, Nick? So uh, Jesus is going to go into these parables, and he goes into this parable about how can Satan be casting out Satan. It just doesn't makes sense. It's a little bit like um, why would you score a goal into your own goal? Like why would you score against your own team? Why would Satan be casting out Satan? Has anyone ever had the pleasure of scoring a basket in the wrong basket or a goal in the wrong goal? Yeah, yeah right? It's the most humiliating thing that you've ever done. You're like, oh, break away <laughs> for the wrong team. In essence, that's what the, uh, these people are claiming that Jesus is doing. He's scoring for the wrong team. And he's like, you guys are a bunch of um, not-so-smart people. He says, um, if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but is coming to an end. You know, the, the one video where they split the, the uh, building splits in half? It's like, and this is not going to... Okay, well, half of it's still standing. Um, it's this idea that we can't do two things at once. It's uh, kind of like, yeah, I really want to get super healthy and eat these dozen donuts. <laughs> so, like, I'm on this, uh, this plan for six-pack abs, and I'm going to eat a gallon of ice cream. Some of you are like, yeah. Or you're like, all right, tonight I'm going to get a lot of great sleep and stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning. Like the two things just don't go together, right? Like tonight I'm going to get really great sleep and I'm going to sleep with my phone in my room. Doesn't work. (laughs) Some of you are like, oh, makes no sense. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the same idea. Jesus is saying, how in the world could I be Satan and cast out demons? It doesn't make sense. He says, truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemes they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is guilty of an eternal sin. This section of verses gets a ton of traction because it's like that very intense moment in the movie where you're like, dun dun dun. You come to this moment in the Bible and you're like, the unforgivable sin, dun dun dun. You guys should try it with me. The unforgivable sin. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because we look at this verse, verse 29, and we're like, Oh, my word, you can never be forgiven if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. What does this even mean? Well, it means a little bit like this. Um, These people are rejecting Jesus, clearly. They're calling him Satan. Like, here's a clue. If you call Jesus Satan, you've rejected Jesus. Like, that's just a clue. So... What he is trying to say is, if you stop listening to the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit is going to give up on you. In essence, you will never be able to obtain forgiveness if you stop listening to what God is telling you, if you stop listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so this idea of, well... This is the sin that can never be forgiven. Well, it's not quite that easy because this is a lifelong process of tuning out what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, it's like in here when you start to tune out what I'm saying and someone in your discussion, your small group says, yeah, remember that thing that he said about the thing? And you're like, I wasn't paying attention. Very similar to that. Right? Right? You guys are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. We tuned you out seven minutes ago. You can laugh. It's okay. So this idea of uh, blaspheming the Holy Spirit is rejecting what God is trying to say into your life. Have you ever tried to instruct a friend on uh, something that they're doing that really is, uh, how do I say it, stupid? Yes, okay, now we're connecting. And you're like, okay, what you're doing is really stupid. Stop doing that. And then they just keep doing it. And you're like, oh, my word. I'm just going to stop telling you and watch you do these stupid things. Have you been there? Yes. Like, for example, um, the other day I was sitting in my office and I heard this pop. And I'm like, what's going on? And Aiden's in his office disconnecting the power, the plug-in, with an electric cordless screwdriver. And I'm like, what are you doing? And John's like, why don't my outlets work? So we said, okay, here's a, um, here's a tip from Andrew. Don't do that. <laughs> like, Electricity 101, like, don't do that. Is that not Electricity 101? And so when he does it again, I'm going to be like, I'm just done. I, wh- I told you one, t- one time, you know, the classic George, uh, George Bush, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, a-, a fool can't be fooled again. You're not familiar with George Bush's great sayings? Yeah, right. George who? So this idea of blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, in essence, stopping to listen to what God is saying to us. And we miss out on this amazing news that all sins will be forgiven the children of men when we um, ask God for forgiveness. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they sent to him and called him, and a crowd was sitting around him, and and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so maybe this will connect with you. Did you ever um, have the book, Are You My Mother, read to you? Can I get a show of hands? Yes! Awesome! Awesome! So, for those of you who haven't read this book, I'm sorry, uh, your parents asked for, their, for your forgiveness. It's about this little bird that goes around asking all these things, are you my mother? Oh, yes, of course. That was one of those like blaspheming the Holy Spirit, like dad's reading a book again, I'm just like, I'm out, not listening. So Jesus is teaching, and the people say, hey, your mother and your brother are here, and this idea of them trying to get him away from these other people and get him back to his senses, and he does the old uh, philosophical thing, like, who are my mother and my brothers? They're like, we told you, like the people standing outside. And, and when I was thinking about this, it's... it's uh, it's like when the older brother uh, is at the football game last night, and the younger brother comes up and is like, "Hey, bro!" And you're like, "Who is that kid?" Because you don't want to, you know, be embarrassed by your brother or your sister in front. You guys are like, "Yeah, we've done that. We've been that way too." Yeah. So Jesus turns this thing around, and he says, "Here are my mother and my brothers." For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And it's this first reference to family by choice. You guys ever heard this phrase, family by choice? Because sometimes uh, the family that God has given you, you would never have chosen. Can I get an amen? Uh, and so then you choose your own family. And Jesus is saying, in essence, the the. Genetic connection that I have to my brother and my mother are not the most important things. What is the most important thing is whoever does the will of God, meaning whoever does the things that I call them to do. We say, what is the will of God? It's like this great churchy phrase. It's being obedient to the things that Jesus is telling us to do. It's following after Jesus Christ. And if we are doing that, then we are considered the brothers and sisters and mothers of Jesus. You're like, so wait a second. What about the father of Jesus? Because he doesn't say anything about the father. Well, there's only one father, and we know who that is. So whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister, and my mother. You're like, well, frankly, there's a lot of times when I don't choose to do what my parents tell me to do. Maybe some of you. Maybe friends of yours that don't listen to your parents. Maybe friends of friends. Too close to home? Some of you are like, okay, stop talking about this. Sometimes we get instructed on things that we are to do, and we don't want to do them. So, for example, my mom would always tell me, she'd be like, Eric, clean your room. My room was in the basement. It was a very scary place, much like um, the basement of Kevin's house on Home Alone. Yes. And so there was only one light switch um, for, like, the main lights. That was at the top of the stairs, And my light in my bedroom was a pull string. So the problem was you couldn't turn off the lights upstairs unless you went down first and turned on your light. And then, so we had a string from the top of the steps so you could go, because it was scary down there. Then there was this one room that was kind of like this closet, and it was scary. And my mom would say, Eric, clean your room. And I'd be like, okay, mom, I'll do that. (coughs) Three hours later, she'd come down. Why isn't your room clean? I thought you were going to clean it. I am. I am. No, like right now. Okay, mom. She would go upstairs by me at least another 30 minutes. And then finally she would come down and say, okay, now seriously, you have to clean your room. And then finally I would give in. Sometimes we treat God like that. He's like, all right, you need to be obedient to this thing. And we're like, okay, God, I will. Maybe sometime. Not right now because I don't feel like it. And Jesus is saying when we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, follow him, then we are considered his brothers and his sisters. It's like we should have a shirt. It says, Jesus is my bro. Someone's like, yeah, I have that shirt. I got it in 1986. (laughs) And it would be cool. If you got it in 1986, it would still be cool today. So let's go on. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, (laughs) listen, Linda, listen. (laughs) Behold, a sower went out to sow. Like, are we going to say a rhyme here? It's like a sower goes out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seed that he sowed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we're going to start to get into these parables, these stories that Jesus is going to tell, that at times are going to be somewhat confusing. The nice thing about this is he's going to say, and here's a parable, here's a story, and here's what the story means. Sometimes you read things and you're like, okay, what did that even mean? Well, Jesus is going to explain it to us or give us kind of the answer key. So... He starts into these parables. Listen. And then he finishes it with, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So what are all these seeds and what are all these soils and who is this and what does this mean and what is Jesus even talking about? We're going to get there in two weeks. And you're like, Come on! You ever get to the end of a show? Yes. And you're like, no, I have to wait. See, what you don't realize is that used to be life. You'd get to the end of a show and you'd be like, no, I have to wait a whole week. Right, and on Netflix, sometimes you've got to wait like, I mean, stranger things, you have to wait for two years. And you get to the end and you're like, come on, just a little bit more. Okay. No more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come tonight and we thank you. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be considered your brothers and your sisters, your sons and your daughters. And we thank you that we don't have to live a divided life where we are seemingly pulled in two different directions, not sure which way to go. And we have ears to hear what it is that you have to say to us. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that we would be able to listen. That we would be able to listen to what it is that you are telling us, that you are calling us to. And then we may be able to be obedient to those things. The easy things and the hard things the things that are not as much fun as the other things. And for each one of us, we know that those things are different. So tonight, we thank you for this parable, and we get excited about hearing what it is and how this all fits into our lives. And we look forward with anticipation to this time that we get to spend with our friends discussing what it is that you mean to us and how you are impacting our lives. Be with our time in small group. Be with us the rest of this week. And as we look forward to next week and celebrating small group night out with our friends, allow us just to cherish these friendships. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go to your groups.